Hello, EB Online Church family. Wherever you may be, thank you for making us part of your day and, and joining us here in cyberspace for this time of worship. Now, welcome back to our series, Coming Together. It's all about how each of us is created for community, created to do life together, created to be in relationship with others. You see, there is a God-placed desire in each of us to connect with and be connected to others who are both like and even different from us. It's why hearing about our Ford stage return plan is, is so exciting. We, we miss being with one another, no matter how weird each of us might be. Now that was from our lesson from last week. We are all weird. Each person watching today has their own quirks and habits and idiosyncrasies that while it all may seem normal to them, to those of us looking in from the outside, it just looks strange. I mean, some of you like to put the jelly knife in the peanut butter jar. You weirdos, come on. But the weirdness that I'm talking about runs even deeper. Scripture says that we all like sheep have gone astray and that everyone is sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Each of us, because of our sinful desires, has walked away from God's normal. And it's this sinful weirdness that causes us so much trouble in our families, our churches, and our communities. So last week, we learned how to dance like porcupines and in order to keep from sticking each other with our sinful, weird quills. I hope you and your family benefited from your golden rule dance moves. Today is Mother's Day, and I want to say happy day to all the moms watching. Big shout out to my mom watching in Alabama and to Tanya, who's sitting beside me. Uh, not beside me here, but beside me there. You understand, right? Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Now, when I think about moms, I think about tables. So much of my memory is filled with table stories. Like how my grandmother's table was always filled with platters and bowls of food. Sunday mornings found the table overflowing with fried ham, biscuits, gravy, eggs, and perhaps some even fried salmon patties. Weekdays, you were likely to find the table bearing a bowl of turnip greens, a, a plate of cornbread, and of course, some buttermilk. Now, no matter what the time of day, if, if you were to stop by for a visit, you would be invited to pull up a chair, sit, eat, talk, and, and laugh around her table. Table stories. We all have them. I think about my mom's table. It's where I ate my meals, I did my homework, I celebrated birthdays around that table. On Sunday nights, I would take my seat and eat boiled hot dogs and pork and beans while watching an episode of Murder, She Wrote. And we each had our seat. Dad's closest to the fridge and Mom's was closest to the sink. Mine was closest to the 12-inch TV that sat on the counter. Around that table, my dad polished shoes, Mom folded clothes, and I grew up. There's something deep within the human soul that says, I need to have a place at the table. To have our own place at the table means that we belong. We have an identity. We're in. A table is a reminder that what really matters in life is relationships. And what gives relationships their meaning is intimacy. Intimacy is closeness. It's, as Dallas Willard describes, shared experience. Every time we connect with someone in a shared experience, we have the potential to build intimacy, to come together. And it was around mama's table where many of us first began to realize that we were made to do life together. Now we need to understand that intimacy isn't built on grand, elaborate gestures. It doesn't have to be something deep or dramatic. 
Rather, intimacy is made up of a thousand tiny everyday moments of interaction. It's asking your kids how their day went. It's asking and caring about what your spouse wore to an event. It's listening to a joke. It's remembering someone's favorite meal, author, or television show. It's a headbutt on a football field. It's noticing a downcast face and offering a word of encouragement. It's a private nod to a stressed out colleague that says, hey, we've got this. It's a meal shared around mama's table. A singing note of music, you know, is an insignificant thing. But if you put enough of them together in the right way, you get Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. And likewise with shared experience. A single encounter might not amount to much. But if we share enough experiences with someone, well, that's how we build intimacy. Now, intimacy does not automatically result from being at the same place at the same time with someone else. We can share physical space without ever sharing the experience. Now, in order to share an experience, we must be fully present. We must engage with the other person. We have to talk about what we're thinking and feeling and experiencing. And we have to actively listen when the other person does the same. Otherwise, we're just two people who happen to be in the same place at the same time. You see, two people might sit together at a meal, see a movie, go for a ride to the store, or even face a tragedy together. And yet, instead of growing closer, well, they might actually drift apart. A striking dimension of Jesus' capacity to build relationships was his ability to be totally present with people. Jesus never says to anyone, what'd you say? I, I wasn't paying attention. I was distracted watching the donkey races. Jesus was constantly aware of how his friends were doing. Of course, being fully present requires a commitment of time, right? And here's the thing about time. There's always something else that you could be doing. There's always more emails to be answered, more stuff to be done, more projects to be finished. But rarely do your kids say, hey, mom, hey, dad, well, why don't you go work on that presentation for the office for the rest of the evening? You just don't hear that, do you? You see, when it comes to time, you are bound to eventually disappoint someone. Pastor and author Andy Stanley describes this by saying that everybody cheats. We all cheat someone when it comes to how we use our time. Don't let it be the people that you love most. Time and presence, they're the shared glue of experience. We can't experience true intimacy without them. And there is no greater gift that we can give to those that we love. Jesus was a master of fostering intimacy through time and attention. We see this especially among the circle of people with whom he was the closest, the friends who kind of became his family. Mark's gospel highlights Jesus' intention when he chose his disciples. It says that he appointed 12 that they might, now get this, be with him. For three years, Jesus invited his friends to share the experiences of his life. They were with him when he taught and when he traveled, when he worked, when he rested, when the crowds loved him and when the crowds left him. They prayed together. They did church together. They took boat rides, went mountain climbing and fished together. And guys, they ate together all the time. In Luke's gospel, the table stories take center stage. At every turn, Jesus is eating with different kinds of people in varied settings. In fact, in one out of every five sentences written by Luke, Meals play a conspicuous role. He presents table fellowship as the focal point of Jesus' ministry. All that time spent around the table, all that time spent on the road with Jesus, it resulted in shared experiences. 
and the shared experiences produced intimacy. So how devoted was Jesus to being together with his closest friends? Well, as best we can discern, the Bible indicates that disciples were with Jesus for about three years. Now, let's assume they were with him 10 hours a day. And for the sake of argument, let's just say they, they had a couple of days off each month. Now, that would give them about 340 discipleship days each year. Now, let's do the math. Ready? 10 hours a day, 340 times a year for three years equals 10,200 discipleship hours with Jesus. Journalist Malcolm Gladwell in his book Outliers writes about what he calls the 10,000 hour rule. The underlying idea of this rule is that it takes time to master a demanding craft. And 10,000 hours seems to be a magic number, whether it's playing a violin or programming a computer, doing surgery, or even learning to hit a curveball. So if we apply this idea to Jesus' disciples, well, what craft would they say they were mastering during their 10,000 plus hours with Jesus? Well, right about the time that they hit that 10,000 hour mark, he told them this, a new command I give you, love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Pastor and author John Ortberg says that shared experience, that time and presence together it's the key to mastering the art of living in an intimate relationship with Jesus and with each other. And he says love is what defines our success. Jesus shared his experience with his disciples and he did this, Mark tells us, in order that they might be with him and that he might send them out. It was never Jesus' intention to keep his love to himself. The experiences that the disciples shared with Jesus laid the foundation for the ministry that they would take into the marketplace. Those shared experiences had a purpose. The 12 apostles, as, as we know them, would leave Jesus' table and take the love that they had been shown to other homes and to other communities. They shared life with Jesus in order to share Jesus' life with others. You know, the same is true for you and the time you spent around your mama's table. All those hours, all those meals, all of those conversations, the laughter, the tears, they all prepared you for the day that you packed your bags and, and left for the exciting adventure of life on your own. Mama's table was the classroom, the counselor's couch, the game station and the emergency room for your most formative years. On occasion, you've returned for an encouraging heart-to-heart -heart and a plate of biscuits and gravy. And there have been those days and nights when you would give anything, anything to sit around Mama's table again. But just as the disciples spent time with Jesus in preparation to do life without Him, our time around Mama's table served a similar purpose. Every mother in their own way innately prepares their children for the day they will be out on their own. All those hours around mama's table were used to prepare you for the day that you were no longer able to talk with or to share with your mom. She prepared you to do life with others and she prepared you well. Each of us now has a table of our own and the opportunity to pass along the relational intimacy that we first experienced years ago. And one more thing, for many of us, mama's table was a launching pad for our faith. It was where we read scripture, filled communion cups, answered our Bible lessons, and gave thanks for our meals. It was at Mama's table that we first began to realize 
that God wanted us to be around his table. Jesus said, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. John, who was one of the 12 who shared so many experiences with Jesus, was an old man when he recorded those words. He must have remembered a thousand meals that he had shared with Jesus. And he used this image of of sitting at the table with Jesus to describe an experience that is possible for you and, and for me. You see, we have been invited into an intimate relationship with God. He's been pursuing us since the beginning and He has been using our relationship with others to to teach us how to love and be loved by Him. The more we pursue intimacy in our human relationships, the more we see and understand God's incredible love for us. You see, intimacy is not simply a feeling. It is not restricted to certain personalities. It's not a romantic word. Intimacy is shared experience. So carve out time and, and be present and share experience with others. All these things you learned around Mama's table, they are the principles that drew the disciples and Jesus closer together, and they still apply, whether you're seeking closeness with God or with each other. So friends, whether your mom is here or there or with the Lord, why not offer a quick prayer of gratitude to God for the stories told and lessons learned while sitting around Mama's table? And then why not pull up a chair and begin making some table stories of your own? Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Have a great day.